Good morning, family. It's so good to see you this morning. We are in the Old Testament today. We're in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. If you have your Shed Bible, it's on page 287. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. David asked, Is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? the king asked. And Ziba answered, He is at the house of Machir, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. When Mephib- I knew I wouldn't get it right. <laughs> Mephibosheth, <laughs> son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David. He ba- bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Susie. Let us pray together. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, God who has brought us this far on the way, God who is by thy might, lead us into the light, keep us forever, we pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, for you are rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said amen. Amen. Good morning, Morris Hill Bible Church. If we haven't had an opportunity to meet, I don't know why not, so let's make that happen today. My name is Denise, pastor of mobilization here in Mars Hill. And I'm here to proclaim that I was born in Lodabar. Lodabar. In Hebrew, the word lo means no, Debar, which is the B, the bait, we, we say as a V, Devar. So it's no, no word, no thing, no pasture. Lodabar is a place of no provision. I was born in a sort of Lodabar in Harlem, USA, at a time when Heron flooded the streets and addicts wandered and Harlem was considered by many to be a God-forsaken Place I was born there in a Lodabar kind of place. There I am. A place for me as an orphan with no word, 
No word of what would happen to me. No word of who my father was. No word of why I couldn't even sit up until I was 18 months old. But that's how it is in Lodabar, you know. So since 2017, I, I, I have been able to find myself in a different campus of Lodabar, if you will, especially one in a tiny village in South Africa called Boat Shabello, the place of refuge. Children live in Lodabar, 30,000 orphans in Boat Shabello slash Lodabar, 15,500 vulnerable children like these. Children like these, vulnerable to hunger, vulnerable to the injustices of their country, vulnerable to the kind of hopelessness that residents of Lodabar know so well. And as I look around, when I'm there in that space in South Africa, the place that is known as the rape capital of the world, South Africa, the place where there's a leading number of people living with HIV and AIDS in South Africa, when I look at how apartheid destroyed the family and the sense of community that is intrinsically African, I can't help but see the faces. The faces of those like two girls I met whose name is in Sisutu, but it translated into English means death and quiet. Yes, I did ask her mother, what, did you, what were you thinking when you named your daughters? Death and quiet. I see their faces and as I, as I do, I remember these are the eyes, the faces of those who live in Lodabar. No word to challenge the treatment that their names employ, no thing in sight for which they can hang their hopes on in order to escape. I asked death, what do you want to be when you grow up? And this 15-year-old responded to me and said, I used to want to be. And I didn't even hear the rest of her statement because I couldn't believe that at 15 years old, she had already lost hope in her dream. That's how it is in Lodabar, a place where there's, where there's nothing. And you wonder, I wonder, while I'm there, where is he? Where is God? Have you ever been there? Many of you know that the color purple is my favorite everything. <laughs> these are my people, y'all know. Not all y'all know, but these people know. Celie, protagonist in The Color Purple, she says this, she says in her prayer to God, if I'm really a lily of the valley, then you will answer my prayer or you're no God at all. Celie knows well the anatomy of Lodabar and it's there where the shocking question rises up in me all the time and I want to resist it and push it down because it just doesn't seem like an appropriate question to ask, but I do want to know where, where is he? That's my first invitation to you, beloved. My invitation is this, find yourself in a place that makes you ask, where is God? That's the place 
where our easy answers, our little pithy phrases, they won't suffice. This is the place where some name it and claim it kind of theology just doesn't make sense. A place where you won't put more on me than I can bear, can even stand a chance. Put yourself in a place where you have to ask yourself, where is God? Find yourself in a place like Troy took us to last week in Habakkuk, the place where the fig tree does not bud, where there are no grapes on the vine, where the olive crops fail and the fields produce no fruit. Find yourself in a place where there's no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, as in Habakkuk chapter 3. A place where we have to ask, where is he? When the age of consent is 12 years old, where? Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start all over again. No, I'm just playing. I'm just... <laughs> oh, find yourself. Find yourself in a place where, where you want to know where is he when 12 years old is the age of consent, where mothers leave their teenage children to raise their younger ones, where your ground won't even yield fruit, where the children have lost the light in their eyes and can only remember what they used to want to be. Find yourself in a place where you can't help but to ask, but to scream, where is he? Where is God? But it's only there where we get to stare down injustice that we want to look away. It is there where we look for God and rejoice in what we say we believe. Find yourself in a place where you wonder, where is he? Now David had been appointed king some time ago, and now he was um, receiving the news of, um, of the, the, the untimely death of King Saul, the first king of Israel. He had been struck down in battle, and now David is officially taking on the mantle of king. And he wants to know, is there anyone in the household of Saul I can show kindness to on behalf of my brother Jonathan? Jonathan and David were BFFs. They were best friends. They were, they were, they were, were inclined to, to, to give each other the information and the ways that means that would, that would help them to survive the attacks that came from outwardly, particularly as it related to Saul's attack on David. Saul's son Jonathan would stand in the gap for him. And this is what David says about his beloved Jonathan. He says, how the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of a woman. And you know, David loved women. He loved Jonathan. You know, I just say it, I don't know, no better. Pray for me. Is there anyone in the household of Saul that I can show kindness to on behalf of my brother. I really wanted that to be like the, 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 the faithfully curious question, you know, that was raised as we're coming down to the last of, of that series. I really wanted that to be, but I, I, I felt like it was a little bit of a mouthful, a little bit too long. Um, can you put the letters up, please? You know, I mean, like, is there anyone, the house of Saul that I 
can show kindness to. You know what I mean? It was just a lot. It was a just. It wasn't. It wasn't going to work. So we landed on. We landed on where is he? Is there anyone in the household of Saul that I might show kindness to him on behalf of my brother David? And Ziba, who is an intercessor. Intercessor is just somebody who stands in the gap, who stands in the middle, a bridge sort of person. Ziba stands up, the one who stands between all things Lodabar, speaks up and says, yes, yes, king, yes, yes, David, there is such a person. We are the ones in our community, in our midst, who know the anatomy of Lodabar. Who know how to direct the king who has the provision to the ones who have need. Who are the Zebas in our world? Zeba tells the king there in Lodabar, in that place where there are no words and no things and no pasture, there is a son of Jonathan, and his name is, yes, Susie, you said it well, Mephibosheth. And in the hostility of battle and trying to flee, his well-intending nurse attempted to smuggle him out. And in the midst of it all, she dropped him. And the Bible wants to tell us again and again that he was lame in both feet. So many residents of Lodabar resigned to life there because a system dropped them. Because a parent dropped them off. Because a church dropped them from their prayer list. Because a campaign dropped them from their giving. By no fault of their own. Are they hungry? By no fault of their own, are they, are they barefooted or, or are their bodies ravished and the light extinguished from their eyes? By no fault of their own, is he crippled in both feet? But nevertheless, he is. And David, the king, wants to know, where is he? And I imagine when, when David finally saw him, he must have been a, a sight to behold. And maybe David... Like the prophet Habakkuk wanted to know, why must you make me look at injustice? But look, he does, and I'm sure in his looking, he could see the broken feet of this young boy. He could hear the story of his troublesome life, and I'm sure it would make him want to plug his ears or hide his eyes. But David does not look away or listen away. He instead asks, where is he? And David, here in our text, he's a representative of God who in the garden asked Adam, where are you? Who confronted Cain, where is he? Your brother Abel. This is the way of our God. You know, when it's one of those days when you realize that all your pages are not here. <laughs> Me and the printer had a situation this morning that there's a word from the Lord. And so, and so David, he calls Mephibosheth by his name. Names matter in Lodabar. 
It's kind of like when I'm in South Africa, I always ask people, what did your mother, what did your mother call you? They have two names. They have the English name for people like me who may not want to try, but then they have their name that their mother calls them. Names mean something in a place like Lodabar on the tongue of the king in Lodabar, South Africa. Lorato means love and Bonolo means soft and Atatile means Jesus loves me. Names mean something and David, just like the king who calls forth Moses, take off your shoes, just like the king who says, Zacchaeus, today I'm coming to your house. The king calls for Mephibosheth to come. For today, from now on, you will eat at the king's table, which brings us to our second invitation. Ask God. Say to God, we want to want to be where your heart is. See, David is concerned about Lodabar because David has already been assigned the title, the man after God's own heart. And David knows God's heart is in Lodabar. God's heart is in all of those Lodabar-like places. It's just his body who lags behind. And so the invitation is this. Ask God. Help me want to, want to be in the place where your heart is. I mean, let's be honest, we don't just want to. We have to want to, want to, because even Ezekiel doesn't want to be in the valley of the dry bones. Come on now. Even Habakkuk doesn't want to be in a place where there's injustice, no. Even David doesn't want to go to Lodabar. Even I don't want to go to some of those hard, troubling, sad, heart-wrenching places in South Africa where the stories are unbelievable. But let us ask God to help us as the body of Christ to want to want to have our body where God's heart is. So, let's see. Mephibosheth, come today, you will be sitting at the king's table forever. The king's table is a place of abundance. The king's table is a place of belonging. The king's table is a place where if you're sitting there, you must be entitled to all that the kingdom has to offer. Mephibosheth, he says, and five-year-old Mephibosheth responds, I am your servant. I was five years old when I left Lodabar. When a woman had a dream and saw me and my brother in it, and she made haste to the nearest Harlem adoption agency and said, where is he? Where's the little boy with the dimples that I saw in the dream? Where is she? The little girl who doesn't know yet that she's not just a dead dog. Where are they. And it was there where I was invited to the kingdom, king's table. Five-year-old Mephibosheth, he receives this word. He hears his name called and he comes forward as best he can because the king has summoned him 
to no longer be simply a resident of Lodabar, but to certainly be a son at the king's table. What a beautiful, magnificent picture for this man who once had nothing, who once knew nothing, who once was in a place with no pasture and has now been offered all things. So beloved, I wonder, I wonder for our third invitation if we might be able to consider three things. If you are here, maybe you're here on the live stream or maybe you're here in the shed and you say, I am in Lodabar. Now listen, Lodabar is not just a place of hardship. It's not just a place of wondering. You know, we all come to those places. Lodabar is a deep, 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 painfully dark, hard, hard place where again, you might wonder, where is God? If you, by chance, happen to be in Lodabar this morning, I want to encourage you to believe that the king is coming. And I'm a witness. I want you to believe and I want all of those young ones back there in South Africa and all the Lodabars in our space and place to know that we will and we can indeed rejoice in the Lord as, did, as they did in the days of Habakkuk. Because the king is coming. Anticipate the coming of the king to Lodabar. Second, maybe, invitation two, Moving too fast. Right, right, right. Invitation two. I mean, invitation three. The second part of that is this. Um, make room. If you are a person with provision, a person with power, a person with influence like David, like the king, make room. Make room at your table. Maybe not necessarily for an orphan that's way across, you know, in South Africa, but maybe somebody right here in our own community. Somebody who's experiencing the truth of Lodabar right here in our midst. Make room, make room, make room in your budget. Glory to God. Amen. To be able to offer provision for those who are in this place and for those who aspire to live in the rejoicing that God promises all those who live in Lodabar. Make room in your life to tell the stories of God's triumphant reign in Lodabar and the ways in which God continues to drop the breadcrumbs of his spirit to let us know that he is there. And the third part of that invitation is maybe you're a zeba. Maybe you are the one who gets to stand in the gap, to stand in the place between the need and provision. And if that's you, then I ask you to ask God, where is he? In order that when someone says, how might I pray? I can say, pray toward Lodabar. For there is a young man there who is a victim of his circumstances, broken in both feet, pray into Lodabar that the king would visit him there. Stand in the gap as an intercessor, as a prayer warrior, as one who is in line and in tune with God's will and God's heart. Stand in the gap for those who cannot stand for themselves. 
it is my pleasure and my privilege to to be able to work with an organization, Sechabello Family and Child Services in South Africa, who is doing just that. They're just simply standing in the gap between the need and between the provision. That's an organization that our Joy Box Giving is pleased to be able to support and that I want us to become more and more impassioned about because it's there where family preservation and prevention, it's there where foster care and adoption, it's there where victims advocacy and, and, and safe homes for people who are fleeing abuse, it's there where the table is set for the realization that the king is indeed here. It's my privilege to work to represent this organization as a missionary, as a mission liaison. But it's even more my privilege to be able to bear witness to what might be hard to see, that I might want to look away from, that I might wonder where God is, but then ultimately to know and to understand and to rejoice because God is there in heart and in body through these amazing people. And so now, where do we begin, we say? I'm so glad you asked. I have a video. Maybe there's an answer. Let us. instructs us at least 43 times about how God would have us to care for orphan and vulnerable children. Bochebello, South Africa has 30,000 orphans, but not one orphanage due to Sechabello Family and Child Services' unique approach. Sechabello is South Africa's only Black-owned child-placing agency, collaborating with schools and religious agencies, um, police and neighbors to heal family structures that support orphan children. This is a model worth seeing. Through our partnership with Reformed Church in America Global Missions and Bethany Global, Your Joy Box Giving has been able to provide foster care, adoption, family preservation, and victim empowerment for the entire community. So join us at the next informational session to learn about our upcoming South Africa trip, where you get to see firsthand how God's love mobilizes agents to address apartheid's impact. Jesus people, for the sake of the world, come and see for yourself how faith, hope, and love work together to provide loving families for orphaned and vulnerable children. Amen. And so there's a table. And, you know, when we think about tables, we often think about something we sort of slide up to and our feet are kind of hidden there at the table. But in the ancient world, it's not so. In the ancient world, the table would be animal skins on the floor and everybody's legs and feet would be exposed. David invites Mephibosheth, feet, legs, broken, to reveal himself and his brokenness and all that he is right there in the place of provision, giving all of us the permission to come to the Lord's table ourselves, to come to the King's table ourselves with all of our brokenness, with all of our disability, with all of our things that might be unattractive to this world because God invites all of us and all that we are to come. And so may the Lord be with you. 
lift up our hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. How right and a good and joyful thing at all times and all places to give thanks to you, God Almighty, creator of heaven and of earth. Therefore, we praise your name, joining your voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy God of power and of might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And so send your spirit upon us now we do pray that the bread which we break and the cup which we bless would be to us the communion of the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. As these grains have been gathered from many fields into one loaf and these grapes from many vines into one cup so soon and very soon may your whole church be gathered together in you to the ends of the earth. Come Lord Jesus come. And so I give to you that which I also receive, how the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And after he had broken it, he gave it to them saying, this is my body broken for you. In the same manner also after they had supped, he took the cup and after giving thanks, he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you partake of it, you proclaim my death until I come again. These friends are the gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And we capture this, this beautiful demonstration of God's grace by saying together these ancient words, say them with me, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Amen. And so, beloved, as we prepare to come to the table, know that if you are in need of prayer, someone right in this corner will be more than happy to pray with you before or after you receive your elements. Please know we also have our prayer walls and our prayer candles where you can submit your prayers into the wall. And we as staff, we pray over those um, weekly. We do have a gluten-free and all kind of everything free, free, free 99 in our bread today so that all can come when it is ready.